Hello, everyone. Hello, welcome to Read Through the Bible with Elder Linda. So glad that you joined me. Uh, we have a good lesson uh, this week. Uh, if you remember last week, we had a special lesson because last week we were right in the middle of Passion Week. And I wanted to give you an idea of what happened the last seven days of Jesus' life. So if you missed that, um, that Bible study, you need to go back and review that if you want to know uh, what happened the last seven days of Jesus' life that, that was here on this earth. Because, of course, we know he's not dead. He rose again. Uh, but the last days that he was on here on this earth. <clears throat> but welcome to the Bible study. Uh, if you're here for the first time, uh, here we read the scriptures together. We make sure we understand it and then we make application to our lives. And I post a new video every Wednesday. Uh, if you subscribe to the YouTube channel called Read Through the Bible with Linda, uh, you'll be notified when a new video is posted, <clears throat> is uploaded. And the good thing about the uh, the Bible study is that I post a video once a week, but um, which means you can actually view the video whenever you have time. Um, it's no set time that you have to sit down and review it because it is a video. I'm, it's not live. It is a video. Um, so you can stop it, start it, take notes, whatever you need to do to get the word in you. Amen. Because how many people know this is what this is all about? This whole Bible study is for those that have never read through the Bible and you want to read through the Bible. I'm here to read through the Bible with you so we can uh, get an understanding of God's word. Amen. And it's going to be valuable to you. It's going to be something that will be with you forever. So you do, you do want to take advantage of us reading it together <clears throat> because we're not just reading through it, but we're reading through it, we're getting an understanding and listening for the Holy Spirit to give us uh, wisdom on uh, what he has to tell us and what he wants us to know in his word. Um, so, um, and if you have any questions or comments, you know, feel free to ask those in the comment sections on YouTube and Facebook. <clears throat> but last week, as I said, we did the uh, teaching on uh, Passion Week. And Passion Week is seven days from Palm Sunday to Easter Sunday. Um, Easter Sunday, which is Resurrection Sunday. Uh, we call it Easter, but it is actually Resurrection Sunday because we were, um, because we were in the middle of Passion Week, I felt to do that. So we kind of deviated from just reading from the chapter. And so I gave you an overview of the entire week, what he did Monday through Sunday. And then what happened after, we talked about what happened after he died, um, what, actually, what happened on the cross. Uh, we talked about his burial. And we talked about how he was resurrected and how he appeared to a lot of people in the 40 days that he was on this earth before he ascended to his father. So we covered all that last week, you know, just gave you an overview of that. <clears throat> but today we're going to be on uh, Matthew chapter 21. And from Matthew chapter 21 through chapter 28, which is the end of the, of the book, that is actually... Um, those chapters cover the seven last days of Jesus here on this earth. So we're going to read through it because it's called reading through the Bible with Helen Linda. So even though I gave you the big overview last week and the rundown, so you kind of got a picture of everything that's going to happen. Now we're going to read it so we can get a clear understanding uh, and take our time and understand what um, the Lord wanted us to know about what happened those last seven days that Jesus was here on this earth. Amen. Amen. So let's just start uh, with the word of prayer. Thank you, Father. Father, in the name of Jesus, we praise you, we honor you, we worship you. Holy Spirit, we just ask that you would come in and be the teacher. We love you on today. 
Father, we just consider it a privilege to be able to study your word. Father, cause us to know how important your word is to us, O oh God. Father, that we would hide your word in our hearts, that we might not sin against you. We love you today, and we give you all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 <clears throat> so anyway, I hope everyone enjoyed uh, Resurrection Sunday, which was last Sunday. Um, but if you open your uh, Bibles, I'm in the New Living Translation. And it's chapter 21 of Matthew. And we're going to read verses 1 through 11. And this is talking about the triumphal entry. So this, the triumphal entry was actually the first event. Um, and this took place on the Sunday before Easter Sunday or before Resurrection Sunday. So this is the first event of the Passion Week, which lasted past Passover. It lasted seven days. This is the first event of Passion Week and it goes from uh, Sunday to Sunday. Okay, so this is the first event here. And in verse one, it says, as Jesus and the disciples approached Jerusalem, they came to the town of Bethage on the Mount of Olives. Jesus sent two of them on ahead. Go into the village over, the, over there, he said. As soon as you enter it, you will see a donkey tied there and its coat beside it. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone asks you what you are doing, just say, the Lord needs them and he will immediately let you take them. This took place to fulfill the prophecy that said, remember Matthew's always letting, you, letting them know about the prophecies. Tell the people of Jerusalem, look, your king is coming to you. He is humble, riding on a donkey, riding on a donkey's coat. And that's found in Isaiah chapter 62, verse 11. Verse 6. The two disciples did just as Jesus commanded them. They brought the donkey and the coat to him, and they threw their garments over the coat, and he sat on it. So they covered the coat up with their with their garments so Jesus can sit on the on the on the donkey. Most of the crowd, verse 8, most of the crowd spread their garments on the road ahead of him, and others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. Jesus was in the center of the procession and the people all around him were shouting, praise God for the son of David, blessing on the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Praise God in the highest heaven. The entire city of Jerusalem was in an uproar as he entered. Who is this? They asked and the crowds replied, it's Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. Amen. So that's the triumphal entry. And it's called that because Jesus came in um, triumphal. He, he was uh, the victor. He came in declaring, allowing them to declare him to be king. They were saying, Hosanna in the highest. So Hosanna to the king of kings. Hosanna to him. Uh, Hosanna to the son of David. Son of David was a messianic prophecy. It was a title given to the Messiah. So they are recognizing Jesus as the Messiah. And if you if you remember all while Jesus was healing, uh, the many people that he healed, he always told them, don't say anything, don't tell anybody what I did for you, be quiet. The first couple years of his ministry. 
But now it's time for everyone to know who he is because it's getting close to his death. So now he, he's coming in boldly and proclaiming, here I am, it's time. I am the King of Kings. I am the Lord of Lords. And uh, one thing to note, I have in my notes, all four Gospels recorded this triumphal entry, so it's important to all four of them. And we talked last week about the Passion Week and Holy Week, in which is we talked about from Palm Sunday to Easter Sunday, called Passion Week. Why is it called Passion Week? Um, and we did talk about this in detail last week, but just to mention it for those that may not have um, uh, saw the video from last week. But it's called Passion Week because Jesus had strong passion to die for us. He, you know, and we can see that even in the Garden of Gethsemane when he sweat great drops of blood, he had, he was passionate about doing God's will and what God wanted him to do. Uh, and we call it Passion Week because of all the suffering that he went through uh, when he uh, gave his life for us. And even on Friday, how they beat him. And uh, many of us saw the passion of the Christ. And it was hard to look at that, but that was so close to the truth, how he was beat uh and some some uh scholars said beyond recognition uh with with a whip that had metal on the end of the tips uh, our savior suffered for us how to put a crown of thorns on his head and uh pierced him in the side and spit on him and hit him they did all that to him so he, he had passion for us and he went through all that for us because uh there was scripture said for the joy that was set before him he endured the cross we were that joy. He could see we're going to be coming. He was dying for us, amen, for our sins. So Palm Sunday, this is what the triumphal entry, this is what's called Palm Sunday. Now Palm Sunday is because they literally took palm branches and waved them um, as Jesus came walking in and as he came into Jerusalem. They waved palm branches. And this was a way of showing uh, respect for him and honor for him. For who he was. Now, according to Wikipedia, palm, a palm branch was a symbol of victory, triumph, peace, and eternal life. And so this is what they were waving. They were waving the palm branches. They were waving them and they put them on the ground as he walked on uh, with the donkey. And he it was it um it was a time of Passover as well. Uh, and we talked a little bit about Passover. So just briefly, Passover is, uh, this is the time of Passover when he came into uh, Jerusalem. And it's a celebration of the Jews that they did once a year. It lasted seven days. And during this celebration, they ate unleavened bread. Um, they ate um, bitter herbs and they ate a roasted lamb. Those were the, the, the three main things in Exodus 12 verse 8 that was uh, ordained or ordered for them to um, to eat. Uh, and to have at the Passover feast. So the unleavened bread they ate because, and unleavened means it didn't have any yeast in it, so it didn't get a chance to rise. Uh, the Passover feast was to show um, that, to celebrate the fact that God had allowed his death angel to pass over them. That's why it's called Passover. If you remember Ten Commandments, how they put blood on the doorposts. And when the angel of death came to kill the firstborn, uh, it passed over every house that had the blood on the doorpost. Their firstborn was spared, but everybody else, all the Egyptians' firstborn was all killed. So uh, that's, that's what the uh, lamb, that's why you had to eat the roasted lamb, because it reminded them of the blood of the lamb that covered them 
and caused the angel of death to pass over. Uh, they also had bitter herbs. They had to eat that. The bitter herbs reminded them of the hardship they, that they had in Egypt, that the children of Israel had in Egypt before God delivered them. And of course, the unleavened bread, uh, they ate that to show how quickly they had to leave Egypt. They left in haste. They didn't have time for the bread to rise. Uh, so it reminded them of that. And uh, incidentally, you know, they've added different other things to this uh, Passover meal. Uh, the Jews do, they've, add, they've added other things like they've added um, wine um, or they have wine. And there's like four different um, glasses of wine that they have during this festival. And the first cup of wine was supposed to be for sanctification. And you get this from Exodus chapter 6, verse 5 through 7. This is where they got it from. Um, the first one, cup was for a cup of sanctification where he said, I'll bring you out. The second cup was a cup of deliverance where he said, I will free you. The third cup was for redemption where God said, I will bless you. Made them his people. So he blessed them. And the fourth cup was for restoration that God will protect you. Amen. So like I said, they have other things that they had at the feast, but the main ones that was ordained in Exodus chapter 12, 8, that they definitely had to have was the unleavened bread, the bitter herbs, and the roasted lamb. And incidentally, when Jesus, um, we're going to talk about this more in chapter 26, when he eats the Passover with his disciples, uh, Jesus actually uh, instituted a, a new way to observe uh, this Passover for Christians and for us. And that's why we have communion. Jesus said, take this. He took the, the uh, bread and said, this is my body that's broken for you, which means he was going to die for us. He was literally going to have his body broken for us. Uh, and it was, his body was broken when they was whipping him with those, um, with that whip, they had the metal on it. Every time they hit him, his, his, his body was ripped. His skin was ripped open. Uh, so he said, this is my, my, my body, which is broken for you. Uh, this doing remembers for me. So that's why we take of the bread. Uh, this is, uh, the wine. This is a type of my blood, which was shed for you. This doing remembers for me. So we want to, that's why we take Passover is to remember how Jesus delivered us and set us free. He was an awesome um, Passover lamb for us. So when we when we go to verse 1 and 2, uh, how Jesus was preparing to enter, he sent his two disciples to get him a donkey and its coat. Um, now, some of the... Um, some of the translators say that the reason why he got a donkey and a coat was because the donkey usually likes to follow its baby. He Jesus wrote on the coat. He wrote on the baby, the young donkey that had never been written on before. And that was a sign of humility and peace uh, and of Davidic royalty. Now, according to the NIV study Bible, Jesus wrote on that coat. And as we said, the donkey followed to stay close to her offspring. Uh, in verse 4 and 5, his entry was a fulfillment of prophecy. And when you get a chance, you need to read Zechariah 9, 9. And here again, Matthew's reminding everyone, and especially the Jews, this is the Messiah you've been waiting for. Because Zechariah 9, 9 said, Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, thy king cometh unto thee. He is just and having salvation, lowly and riding upon an ass upon a coat and a foal of an ass. So this was prophesied 
hundreds of years before Jesus ever came, before he was ever born. Verse 6 and 7 tells us that the disciples did everything that Jesus told them to do. They were obedient. Obedience is important. They went and found the donkey. They followed all of Jesus' instructions and uh, were able to get the donkey. In verse 8 and 9, it tells us about a that the multitude that went before him and paved the road with palm branches and garments, shouting, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he that comes in the name of the Lord. Now that word Hosanna means, oh, save. And it's, it's, it's an exclamation of adoration and deep love and respect and worship, according to the uh, Oxford Dictionary. Now, uh, Matthew didn't tell us this, but Luke tells us in Luke 19.39 that the Pharisees got very upset when they heard the people, uh, uh, when they wanted Jesus to silence the, the, the people that were following him, that were shouting Hosanna to him. And Jesus told them, he told them in Luke chapter 19, verse 41 through 44, he's, uh, verse 39, he says, you know, I'm not going to tell them to stop saying Hosanna. Hosanna to the highest. I'm not going to stop telling them to call him, stop telling them to stop calling me the son of David, which means that they recognize him as the Messiah. He said, I'm not going to tell them that because if they stop calling me that, guess what? The rocks and the stones are going to call, going to call out who I am. They're going to declare me as the king of kings. So Jesus was bad. He, did, he didn't uh, cow down to them. And they wanted him to stop because they didn't, they didn't believe it. The Pharisees and Sadducees, they still did not believe Jesus was the king of kings. They had still had their, their doubts in their head. Not their doubts, they just flat out didn't believe it. But Jesus refused to tell the people to stop calling him the son of David. Um, there are about 17 verses in the New Testament that describe Jesus as the son of David. So then the question arises, if he's the son of, how is he David's son when David died or lived approximately a thousand years before Jesus was ever born? Good question. Glad you asked. Well, because he is actually of David's seed. That's why they say he's the son of David. He was from the seed of David. And actually, Jesus is a fulfillment of the prophecy. David was prophesied and told that there will be someone from his royal line, from his seed, that would be on the throne forever. Well, Jesus is fulfilling that prophecy because Jesus Christ is the King of Kings and he's the Lord of Lords and he will forever be on the throne. And he was from the line of David. And you can read that in Matthew chapter one, the genealogy and in Luke chapter three. And in Romans chapter one, three, it says, as to his earthly life, Christ Jesus was the descendant of David. Amen. So according to manners and customs of the Bible, it was customary. Oh, this is this is what I thought was interesting too. It was customary to spread flowers, branches, garments, carpets, and a pathway for great people, for conquerors, for great princes. Anyone that you want to show respect to or honor, you would spread flowers in front of them as they walk branches, garments, so they can walk on. That's showing your respect for that person. Now, I want you to think about that because we still practice that. We practice that when we uh, honor the bride. Think about the weddings that we have. Usually at weddings, they'll have the flower girl uh, come just before the bride comes down the aisle and she's putting flowers down before the bride comes down the aisle. Well, that 
you didn't know that goes back to this, son. This goes all the way back to the triumphal entry when Jesus came in and putting coats down and palm branches for him to walk on, for him, for his donkey to ride on as he entered into Jerusalem. This is where that came from. We still, um, we still practice this. Also, think about this. Um, the red carpet in Hollywood. Okay, we they put out the red carpet and people dress up and put on, a, they dress up like nobody's business to be on that red carpet. But it honors the who's who in Hollywood. So we're still kind of doing that. In verse 10 and 11, it talked about how the city was moved when Jesus came. There was, now mind you, this is the time of the Feast of Passover. So there's, the city's got uh, hundreds and hundreds of more people in there than normal because people had to come to Jerusalem uh, for the Passover. They had made that journey for to, you know, to celebrate the Passover once a year. So it was, uh, you know, thousands of people there in the city. So the, this time that Jesus came was going to be seen by a lot of people. And the, so there was a buzz in the city of what's going on? Who is this? They called Jesus the prophet that they had been waiting for. Jesus' arrival in Jerusalem shook up the whole city because it was time. It was time for them to see that he was the king of kings and the Lord of lords. In uh, Deuteronomy chapter 18, verse 15 and, eight, and 18, says, The Lord thy God will raise up unto thee a prophet from the midst of thee of thy brethren, like unto me, and unto him you shall hearken. I will raise them up a prophet, talking about Jesus, from among their brethren, like unto thee, and will put my words in his mouth, and he shall speak unto them all that I shall command. Then in John 6, 14, it says, Then those men, when they had seen the miracle that Jesus did, said, this is of a truth, that prophet that should come into the world. So it was prophesied for Jesus to come into the world, and he is here. He has come into the world. Let's read verse 12 through 17 uh, about Jesus cleaning the temple. It says, Jesus entered the temple and began to drive out all the people buying and selling animals for sacrifice. He knocked over the tables of the money changers and the chairs and those selling doves. He said to them, the scriptures declare, my temple will be called a house of prayer, but you have turned it into a den of thieves. The blind and the lame came to him in the temple and he healed them. The leading priests and the teachers of religious, of religious saw, law saw these wonderful miracles and heard even the children in the temple shouting, praise God for the, praise God for the son of David. But the leaders were indignant. There's the scribes and the Pharisees, and the, you know, and the, and the, um, uh, the Pharisees said that they were. But they were indignant. They asked Jesus, "Do you hear what these children are saying?" Yes, Jesus replied. Haven't you heard or read the scriptures? For they say you have taught children and infants to give you praise. Then he returned to Bethany, where he stayed all the night. So this, this patch was talking about Jesus cleansing the temple. And what happened, uh, all these people are coming for the Passover feast. And some of them are coming and they're coming from such a long distance. They're going to buy their animals when they get there. 
Well, you have these cooks in the temple uh, who are charging outrageous prices for their animals. And also uh, the money changers, that, talk, that talks about um, everyone had to pay a temple fee, a temple tax. The temple tax was one half shekel. Uh, and so if you didn't have that, you can get there and exchange whatever kind of money you have from whatever city you came from. And they would exchange your money and give you the half shekel so you can pay the temple tax. Well, they were overcharging for that as well. They were charging a fee for that. Well, Jesus was very upset and he overturned the tables and uh, told them that they were making his house a house of thieves instead of, and it's supposed to be a house of prayer. And then notice here also uh, how they were indignant because the children were praising him. And he said, no, he said, you know, in this, uh, as the mouth of babes, you have, you have perfected praise. Uh, so God will get praise from the little ones. And then in, um, let's see, we got time for one more. Jesus uh, cursed the fig tree. That's verse 18 through 22. In the morning, as Jesus was returning to Jerusalem, he was hungry and he noticed a fig tree um, beside the road. And he went over to see it there and there, see if there were any figs, but there were only leaves. Then he said to it, may you never bear fruit again. And immediately the fig tree withered up. The disciples were amazed when they saw this and asked, how did the fig tree wither so quickly? Then Jesus told them, I tell you the truth. If you have faith and don't doubt, you can do things like this and much more. You can even say to this mountain, may you be lifted up and thrown into the sea and it will happen. You can pray for anything and you will have, and if you're, if, and if you have faith, you will receive it. Amen. So, um, a lot of the scholars are saying when he cursed this fig tree, it was a type of him, uh, cursing actually the Pharisees and the scribes because here they had been entrusted with the word of God and they were supposed to be bringing forth fruit and there was no fruit that you can't see the results of Jesus in their life. You can't see the result of a godly life on these Pharisees. There's this strictly religion and religious and religiousness and legalism and all that. So Jesus cursed the fig tree because it did not bring forth fruit as a type of him cursing uh, those religious leaders that were not bringing forth fruit. And then the disciples were amazed when they, uh, when they saw the fig tree cursed. And Jesus used it as a lesson for the disciples, letting them know that if you have faith, what you can pray and ask God to do things for you, and he will. Uh, you can have pray in the mountain be removed. So what is he telling us? He's telling us as his people that we have his ear. Isn't that awesome? You have God's ear. He hears us. He hears our faintest cry, and he will answer. We sing that song, he will answer by and by. So, you know, don't be afraid to ask him for what you want. Say, so you have not because you ask not. And keep on asking until you see a change, until you see something move. Uh, there's the, the scripture in uh, John. This is the confidence that we have in him, that is, if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us and we know he'll grant those petitions that we desire of him. So God loves us. He loves us. And if we're asking things that are according to his will, he wants us to have it just as bad as we want to have it. Amen. And he's going to give it to him. Give it to us. So ask him for what you want. Amen. Amen. So we're going to close right there.
And anyone that um, has not accepted Christ into your life, please do. We just went through the Passion Week, and and you saw if you even if you watch some of the movies again, um, just how much He suffered for you and I because He loves us so much, and He still loves you, and He's got outstretched arms. He died once forever for your sins and all he's waiting for is just get a yes from you not my will but thine be done lord come into my heart be my lord and savior forgive me of all my sins that's all he's asking for so i want you to go into my channel reading through the bible Evelyn, and there's a couple of um videos there uh, one called the sinner's prayer and the other one called is teaching about salvation and those videos will teach you uh why you need jesus and what you need to do to be saved and they will lead you to christ amen and give you all the scriptures about your salvation amen amen let's just close in the word of prayer father in the name of jesus we just thank you we praise you we honor you oh god we just thank you we thank you we can't thank you enough for how you died for us how you suffered for us how you still love us with such an everlasting love Lord, we thank you, O oh God, that you didn't forget about us, O oh Lord, but you, you sent your only begotten Son here to redeem us back to you. Lord, we're forever grateful. We love you so much. I ask you to bless all those that are listening, all those that will listen, Father, and cause us to know how deep is the love of God, how deep it is that you love us. We praise you, we honor you, and we give you the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. I'll see you next week.